What's up, guys? Fourth base podcast number six. Cody, Matt, and Irv here. We, uh, we're, me and Matt are feeling a little bit different tonight. His uh, Red Sox swept my Braves. Especially, I mean, today was kind of interesting, too. We'll talk to- about that for to- a minute. Today was a kick in the ball sack. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I looked, and I was pumped. And the next time I looked... The Red Sox had scored, and the Red Sox had scored. We just kind of imploded today. A little bit. Yeah, so it started off 7-1, to one, correct? Yeah, what was it? One, like zero times out of like, what is it, 487 or something like that times that a team has been down at that point in the game by that many runs. And faulty, man. Probably their ace. It's, it's kind of a sad. He goes six innings, two hits, one earned, two walks, five strikeouts. He's been pitching well, man, but our bullpen is shaky right now. So in six innings, he gives up four base runners. It, and the rest of the team gives up seven earned runs. I mean, honestly. With only three strikeouts. Yeah. If it weren't the Red Sox, I'd probably be a lot more upset. Than I am. I mean, it's not like it, the, today's game sucked. Like getting swept sucks, but you did it against the Red Sox. Yeah, I so. mean, you can you can go with that, and that makes you feel better. But it kind of sucks. Yeah. Because the Red Sox aren't really playing for anything. It's almost like the, you know the Braves yeah. need these games more. The yeah. Red Sox are chasing some you know record they won't ever reach. And Do they still have a chance to win that? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Let's see where they're at. Yeah, they need to win 19 more games out of, you know, like 20-some. 24, I think, are left. And they have to win 19 of those to tie 116. So that's it's, – it's not likely to go, what, 19 and – how many games are left? 24, I think. Yeah, 19, 19 and 5. And five. Yeah. I mean, they, it's possible. It's not fucking do it. <laughs> that's the thing, man. Like, I'm not – I'm not so much worried about the Phillies – as I am, I'm worried about the Braves' like strength of schedule. They have the, the strongest schedule, or I mean, like against the strongest teams of any anybody in baseball to finish the season, and that that worries me because of games like today. Like it's not that we lost to the Red Sox and we we gave up, you know, a big lead. It's that we started uh, to hit some trouble, and then Camargo throws the ball away, and that just continues the inning. Like, we are a young team, and it's – the problem there isn't the youth. It's the it's the lack of experience and not having someone on the mound even or whatever. Just like if you've got Scherzer on the mound and you're down – you know, you're, you're only up two runs now at this point. Someone just made an error. Like, you're confident when Max Scherzer on the mound that he can get a strikeout. Let's end the inning. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, if he's got a strikeout, two guys. You're confident he can do that. In situations like that, like that's where I don't have the faith in like Fulty. I haven't had that faith in Tehran in forever. And past that, like Newcomb's been struggling bad. He hasn't like started to turn it around or anything. That's what worries me. I mean, we've got you lack know, of power pitching. Well, not just that, but the experience in the big games and with the stress on it's a lot easier to win a game in August than it is. In September, when you're making that stretch run, trying to win the division, yeah. two and what two and a half up of Philly still, yeah, and Philly plays tonight. So I mean, that could be down to two games, but that's the thing too. Like we discussed last week, was 
Seven out of their last ten games are against Philadelphia. So yeah, I have it right here. Yeah, as long as we stay Philly and the the Mets are sandwiched in between there, but they still play the Cardinals three games, Nationals three games, Diamondbacks four games. That's coming up next. (sighs) I mean, it's I'm not backing down from them winning the division. I still think they're going to win the division. The Nats are still not doing anything, but Philly just. I think they've been sketchy down the stretch, too. Even with as good as their starting pitching has been. Yeah, they lost an Aaron Nola start the other day. Yeah. They kind of have to win those because, I mean, they have Velasquez and Arietta and a bunch of Did Velasquez guys. pitched today, right? I think so. Yeah, he gave up. Speaking of my boy, Ronnie Acuna set the uh, Braves record for leadoff home runs in eight games yeah. this year. Without even he's playing been fun to season. watch. Yeah, I think he's... <laughs> Right around ninety some games, like low nineties. That's pretty pretty remarkable. He's winning or leading the Braves in home runs right now. I think he's got twenty three now, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong on that, but I think he's got twenty three. Yeah, with another home run today. Yeah, breaks the record. I mean, that's pretty sweet though. It's gonna be fun to watch him play for a long time. Albie's had a triple today, but that's the thing too. Like that game today, we bring it's the first game all year. Freeman hasn't started. He comes on in the eighth inning, hits a solo bomb, take the lead. And then Brandon Phillips. Like, I had to read reread my notification when it said Brandon <laughs> Phillips hits a two-run home run. I'm like, dude, we just lost this game because of this. They just pulled him Brandon up and he Phillips, started today. First just, major league game this year. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that bat flip was intense. It was. I will, so, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not mad about it. It is the bottom of the eighth, one out. The Marlins are up two to one on the Phillies. So that's that's looking Good. nice if that number goes back to what three instead of a uh, two. Games, yeah, I'll be happy with that. I'll be very happy with that. Uh, you want to talk about your pick for AL Rookie of the Year? Yeah, it's, it's over now. Yeah, with Otani going down, I guess finally. I don't know, man. Do you think he's a good enough hitter to just not get not have surgery done? And just go just with it. Never and just be a hitter like a DH. Yeah, thing. yeah, he's a, he's a good hitter, but yeah, like you said, a DH. Like, what what position is he gonna play? You can't DH. That can't you be can his teach whole career. Him to play first base. Yeah, but if his elbow's blown out, I don't know. I just think you don't throw the ball at first well, base. I think I mean, the best case scenario for them, and they need to make a decision now. They should have. I think that they should have had let him have Tommy John surgery earlier yeah. in the year, like right yeah. around the All Star break. They knew they weren't gonna be in. For contention. Right. They should have just done it and been done with it. The average Tommy John time of recovery for, like, a position player is a year. So if he would have had it back in July, July, he'd be back right around the All-Star break, give or take, probably maybe in August. Let's even say August. That gives him all of August and September if the Angels are in contention. Next year, he would have been back prime time. Like, who cares if he's not there at the beginning of the season? Right. If you can get him more, like, a lot of at-bats August, September, yeah. going into the postseason, that's what you need. And who cares if he doesn't pitch till 2020? Well, that's we, fine. We've never Take really seen this before. No. We've never really seen this before. So, you know, I, I assume he has a surgery. He's out 12 to 16 months, like you said. So That's all, for a all, pitcher. All of his, yeah, all of his rehab is going to be centered around him learning and readjusting to pitching again. At what point does 
hey, does he actually pick up a bat and that becomes just as important as him coming back from Tommy John for a pitcher? So I, I don't know if he loses some of his offensive ability because they're more worried about we, we want this guy to be a pitcher first and he can pitch as a starter every fifth day and he's worthy enough or worth enough at that point to where that's worth it. And, you know, if he DHs every third, fourth day, whatever, then that's just icing on the cake. So, he, he's you know, he's coming back. He's, he's doing two things at one time with with one surgery. So, he, you know, they're, they're going to want him to be an, a starting pitcher again. And that's – but that's what I don't get. Why not do that earlier in the season yeah. so you can work on rehabbing, you know, his pitching and then bring his hitting along later on. It's like right. he's getting – and he's been good. You know, he's getting all these extra at-bats and, you know, he's been hitting well. But, well, I mean – all that I think he's is he's set back now. Yeah, now man. he's back to, to step one. Not just him, but the entire organization. I mean, you put a lot of eggs in that basket, and I don't know enough about Tommy John surgery to know like is there specifically like a training regiment for a position player that has Tommy John surgery as opposed to a starting pitcher. I would imagine there'd have to be some sort of changes somewhere because as a pitcher you're throwing. You know, repetitively. Yeah. A fielder, you're going to throw, but a pitcher's making all those throws, plus their long toss, their bullpens, like everything like that. So I imagine there's got to be some sort of like tailored training regimen specifically for building that. So that's also like kind of to hit on what you're saying is how does that work? Is he going to be able to, let's say that his arm's good enough to swing a bat in a year? Do you just let him start hitting? Or are you still that cautious? Like, well, we are still letting you pitch. Right, he's so not going to slow down his rehab for as a pitcher. Yeah, and then well, I don't know. I don't know what that means. Like, what if he – but also, we're, not, we're talking about this, and it's possible he won't even have the surgery. But that's the thing, too, is is that going to heal by itself? No, I, I, I doubt it. Is it. Or is it maybe one of those things where it's a very long-term healing? We should probably – I'm going to have to look that up now yeah. and figure that out. But is it like a long-term healing process where it might not heal for two years, but you can do it without the surgery? I mean, I guess two years doesn't matter for the time frame anyway. I'll just say I've never know. heard of anything like that situation. Yeah, there's a lot of variables there too. Because what happens if he's swinging – what if he doesn't have the surgery and he just keeps swinging a hot bat? Yeah, if we're if we're talking about a rookie too, yeah, and nobody nobody talks about this rookie if he didn't have the pedigree he had, you know, in Japan as well as you know he's a two way player. So if he's just any other rookie that you know There's tears their ACL or or something like that to where they can you know barely walk, it's 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 a different story. I don't know, man. It's, there's a lot of variables there at play. Yeah, I'm interested to see what the organization does and how they handle it, and I I think. Like you said, they probably shouldn't have done, or they should have moved earlier when they, you know, they've already had a rash of injuries, so they know pretty much, you know, shortly after the All Star break that they're not a contender. Yeah. You know, once Houston pulled away, the A's got hot. Even done. Seattle was hot before yeah, the A's Seattle's were hot. So, so you know, you're you're kind of out of it a lot earlier than I think they wanted to admit. Well, I think it's a double-edged sword because, I mean, I think that we both agree that they knew this was their situation earlier in the year. Now, the uh, to, in my head, there's one of two ways to go about doing it. Either you just shut him down and be like, we're going to let you, like Tommy John surgery. Like, we know you're hitting well. We're not in the race. We need to get the ball rolling on this, and we go from there. Or 
if they're not sure that it's going to heal, then they have him pitch like he just did, even though they waited this long and the injury still happened. But then in that scenario, you've got backlash. I don't even think he went three innings, did he? I don't. I didn't even see. Yeah, I don't. I, I think he went like two and two thirds. Like, I don't even think he pitched three innings, and I know that they. I'm pretty well. I'm pretty sure they lost that game. But in that, imagine the backlash if he goes back out and pitches. You know, two weeks after that, three weeks after that, even like a month after that, and then he blows his arm out even worse. I mean, the Tommy John's going to fix it regardless of how bad it was, right. you know. But imagine the backlash from that, and then everybody's like, "Well, they should have just waited to let him." Right. If pitch. it's if it's any other pitcher, he had. He would have had the surgery yeah. three three it, months it ago. Over. But given his talents, yeah, it's a much bigger deal. I mean, he's got a big decision. This is published nine thirty two, so nine minutes ago. Says the new MRI showed new UCL damage. Mm-hmm. So I was. We'll see. I'll be interested to see what his decision is. I mean, it. It's not a decision to rush, but at the same time, that you need to make a decision now so you can start moving forward because this year doesn't matter at this point. Exactly. Um, and they already have plenty of other injuries, too. So yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that's sad, though, man. Isn't it? Like, it, it kind of feels like Trout's best years getting are, are getting wasted in, in in L.A. or Anaheim. And I don't think that you'll ever hear him say that. Yeah. I think that he'll be one of those guys. I, I hope he gets a, a championship by the time his career is over, but he'll be one of those guys that you'll see when he's 35 years old playing for a contender just to win a championship. Yeah. And it would mean a lot more now while he's, you know, contributing the way on the level he is, but who's also to say that he won't be doing that? Because he won't. He'll never be thought of as elite farther down the line. Like, I mean, everyone knows he's an elite player, but he won't be thought of as, you know, one of the best ever if he doesn't ever win Anything I mean, in the postseason. Stat, I think his stats are going to hold up regardless. He's going to be like Joe Montana. Yeah. Or Dan Marino. Not Joe Montana. That's what I meant. Dan, Dan Marino, Marino, yeah. Jesus. And this is why we do a baseball <laughs> podcast. Anyways, moving on. We're just going to pretend that didn't happen. Uh, one thing we didn't talk about when we were talking about Boston earlier, they have four games to clinch playoffs and 14 games to clinch the division. Now, the division, to me, I understand – that does matter, but yeah, sure does. That's I. Are you worried about that? No. If they win four games, like killing the little that little bit of that edge, do you think they'll start resting players and stuff? Yes, I don't think the record means anything. It's kind of like you remember the, the uh, sales on the deal. Yeah, so with his yeah. phantom shoulder injury. Yeah, that's still going on. Here. Like the Warriors, the uh, couple years not last year but the year before, they were in the running for like best record. And it, it once you know it came down to it that doesn't matter. You're, the uh, only the, thing that matters is your seeding. Exactly, like those Mariners didn't win the playoffs when they had the best yeah. record. So, yeah, who cares? Yeah, crazy how that how that works out usually. I mean, it takes a lot of balls as your as the manager or coach or whoever it is to just be like, look, like, call, yeah, we're I'm going not, for, I'm we're not going for the, the record. Mountain, yeah, I'm not going for the record. I want to win a championship. Yeah. But the same, I mean, the same aspect. You have athletes that can literally just play through it all. Yeah, but so, I mean, been, it's going to take a toll on the body eventually. I mean, it just depends yeah. on what what sport you're talking about. I think baseball players have very good longevity compared yeah. to. Yeah, they're in a good situation too. They it's not like they're going to sit. Except for catchers and pitchers. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they don't have a lot of guys that you know are hurt that are actually going to play. 
Like, I don't think Pedroia is coming back this year. I think that, that Phillips is like a short-term fix. Well, they got Kinsler for that reason. Yeah, that's right. I think they got Kinsler, I mean, Phillips back up just to, to get some breathing room for Kinsler and stuff like that down the stretch. All, you but, keep them all hot, you never know. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to hurt anything to sit Mookie a couple times yeah. at the end of the year, you know, just to rest them up, especially right before playoffs. Like, once you get the division clinched, who cares? Who gives yeah, exactly. a shit? Like, yeah. you've got your seed. You're still going to have the best record in baseball. Who cares? Yeah, so but they're still going against the Yankees, so you still have to try to win games because the yeah. Yankees have the second-best record. So, you know, they'd be yeah. winning any other division. But once they clinch the division, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, yeah, at and all. they still get to rest while the Yankees play the wild-card matchup. But that's how good the Yankees are. It's going to take over 100 games for them to clinch the division with, like, 15 or whatever, 10 or 15 left. Yeah. It would be impressive if they did. What year was it that Boston had that epic meltdown and gave up the big uh, division lead? What year was that? Oh, that that, that was the uh, that was the, uh, the that was the fried chicken thing. Remember yeah, that with was, uh, Frank Cota? Lester. They had uh, Lester, was, Beckett. It had been like oh nine. It was Beckett. Yeah, Beckett, Lester, and there was one other person involved. It was uh, John Lackey, I think, wasn't it? They were That's drinking a, beer and eating fried chicken. Eating fried, and, uh, that was a big controversy, the fried oh, chicken man. controversy in Boston. And that, that that was one of the things that drove Francona out. Yeah. Which, I mean, they're they're doing fine, but is not a good decision. Oh, Cora has to win, like, manager of the year. There's no oh, yeah. throw butts about that. I don't know. Boone has done a good job, I think, in New York. I don't really, you know, I, everyone thinks of him as, like, he does baseball tonight and all this stuff, and he's a real personable guy and, yeah. like, all that stuff, but... You know, you still Girardi seemed like kind of a tough manager. Like you know, like yeah. he knew what he was doing for the most part, but I I think he stepped in well. I, I think, think both of them have. I think whatever like what I see, and granted, I'm not seeing you know even two percent of the time that they're with their team. Yeah, you know, like when you just see them in dugouts, like in replays and stuff. Because I mean, we can't watch every game for everybody. Right. But when I think when like I see those guys, those guys that are in the first couple years of managing from being a player, I just see them differently. Like, they're still, they're more engaged, like, emotionally, I think, like, between plays and, like, stuff like that. Like, they're still buddy-buddy with some of the guys. And then, you know, in five, six, seven years, then they kind of start to develop their own, like, way of managing. Like, they still, everything they relate to as a player right now, and then it kind of, once they start figuring out how to actually manage, you stop kind of seeing some of that stuff. It's real weird though, because neither one of those guys are like Hall of Fame caliber no. players. They're both. But a lot of times, it's the guys they're not the most talented either. Exactly. Like those guys aren't athletically gifted. So the reason that they're in the base, they're, like they're in the majors, is their intelligence and their work, work ethic yeah. and what like you know studying film, being in the batting cage for you know an hour extra every day, like just working on your craft, and that's what makes them be a good manager is they're going to keep working at it. They're going to look at things differently. You know, if something doesn't work, like, let's change it up and fix it and move on. Plus, they're both in huge markets that deal with the media. and That's tough. That's tough. Yeah, they're, you know, it's not like the, the Twins have a new manager and they're winning all these games. You're talking about teams staying competitive just like they were last year with, you know, brand new management. Well, I think that helps both. Like, I don't really know much about Cora, but Boone, he's obviously used to the camera and the spotlight, like stuff like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that helps him just like with like from a charisma standpoint. I still hate him though. Yeah. That uh, home run off Wakefield, I'll never 
forget that. Yes. <laughs> Never live it down. That's why, how he got his management gig, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Like, that's it like his shot. Like, that's his big... Traded from the Reds that year. That was Just his hit a walk-off home run. Biggest snap out of his career. Yeah. Did you see Votto trade that dude his jersey? Yeah. In Cincinnati, did you see that? Uh-uh. Yeah, he was wearing, like, a Votto for president shirt, and Votto came out and, like, said something to him. I think it was on Labor Day, right? Yeah. And Votto came back out and, like, had signed his jersey and gave it to the dude. Dang, that's cool. Him. Pretty I think people want to villainize Votto. I think that he comes off as an unlikable guy. I mean, he's Canadian, so you know he's a likable guy. <laughs> so, I mean, but, but they Every do, Canadian I've met's been super polite. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I mean... So he cut, but they, they, it's almost like they want to villainize him because he's the one player in Cincinnati they won't trade, they won't get rid of. Because they just signed him to big money, they... You know, if their other big money deal was Homer Bailey, and they obviously right. that Bailey, worked. Yeah, that was yeah. terrible. So, so the Votto deal, and, you know, back then it was, you know, I think it's 10 years, 25, 250 million, 25 a year, and people were like, you know, holy shit, you know, you're paying him, like, A-Rod money or something. But, but now, that after the Stanton deal, and... No, that, that's, he's that's, a bargain. At yeah, exactly. I mean, and exactly. that's the thing is, he's and not... He, yeah, he's been in the running for MVP last He's not years. a problem. Yeah. He's not a problem guy. Yeah. He's going to play... Or outside he's going to try to play every day. He had, what, that one knee injury or whatever he had? Yeah. And it, he was a little bit shaky to recover at first, but then, I mean, he hasn't had any other issues. Yeah. I think he's been on the DL a couple times since then, but nothing, like, long-standing. Yeah, this year like he, he just came back uh, yeah. from being hurt, but he I think he got hit in the in the foot with the ball or something. Like, it wasn't anything he did. Like, his foot. Yeah. 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 I mean, the, the big thing that he always had, everyone saying, was, Hit home runs. Stop walking. It's like, that's not his game. It's not. It just, it's not the way he plays the game. I'm sure that if he wanted to swing for power more, he could could take a major dip in his batting average. He might not walk so much if he doesn't want, but it's, that's not the game that he wants to play. Yeah, remember that when people were like, he walks too much. Yeah. He gets on base too much. Yeah. Look at that on base uh, percentage. <laughs> yeah, because the rest of the team stinks. Yeah, I mean, like, they have good offense around him, but yeah, your job's to get on base. That's pretty much what they were saying was, look, you can walk all you want. There's nobody on the team to hit you in. We need you to hit a home run yeah. and score yourself. And he's not he's not that kind of guy. It's easy to hit home runs in Cincinnati, but he's not like a top ten exit velocity guy. Right. No, he's not hitting like mammoth bombs and stuff like that. He just I feel like every home run I've ever seen him hit just look like every other swing yeah. I've ever seen him hit. It doesn't look like he's trying any harder. He just I think that's part of the problem too, is he just always strikes me as a no effort guy. Yeah. Like he never does Anything like super spectacular, but everything he does just looks boring. Yeah, he's not know. a great base. He's not a great uh, base runner, but he used no, to be. But a, he doesn't do anything bad. Yeah, he like used to be a little better. Right, he used to be a little better at, uh, or a little faster. But now, I mean, back in the day, all he did was hit doubles. Which I mean, you know, how how bad is that? You know, yeah, right? Doubles and walks machine. Yeah. Um. Old Kenley Jansen is done for. In Colorado. Yeah. No point in this, this series. I didn't realize that last year he had a, or I think it was, pretty sure it was last year, he had a surgery to fix a little rhythm problem after going out there again. So, I mean. So, if they so if they go to Colorado, he'd, stay, he'd go. Yeah, he's not going to travel there at all. And they got three games against against them. Uh, when is that? This weekend. This weekend, right? Yeah. 7th, so, 8th, and 9th? That affects... 
The NL West has changed up since we podcasted last. Yeah. The Dodgers are now not winning. Colorado's up. They're playing three games this weekend, which could really make a change in the division because if Arizona goes on, like let's say Arizona has a three-game sweep. I don't even know who they play, but let's say they have a three-game sweep. Whoever loses in that matchup could be all of a sudden down to third place. Yeah. And so even that if they really, split, even if a team takes two of three and Arizona sweeps whoever they play, Arizona's going to yeah, move up. They could take first place in the division again. I mean, it's it's getting a tight race out west. Yeah, there's a lot going on. We're talking about 24 games left in the season. So that that's kind of – we're getting to the point where some of these teams that are more than like five or six back are kind of – Almost out of it. It's yeah. time to, if they don't make a run now, yeah. they're out. Yep. Because, but that's the thing is, in the West, man, like I said I wanted, I think I picked Colorado, if I'm not mistaken, last week. I said it on record that Colorado was going to win. This Kenley Jansen thing kind of helps my uh, my prediction a little bit, and that's even long term. They would end up facing each other if whoever won, if you know they got in. Because the Dodgers right now are a game back with the wild card. So it really depends on what happens with St. Louis and Milwaukee. But if they do make it in, they could play again. They could play Colorado in the postseason, and they would not have Jansen. If if Colorado wins the division and the Dodgers get the wild card, they would play a majority of their games. That's really interesting. Milwaukee's down 5-1 right now to the Cubs. Yeah, Cubs have been kind of hot. Yeah, they have been. Yeah. Dude, when I saw Rizzo hit that home run and like basically drop to his knee and fall over, I'm like, well, the Cubs are about to get out again. Yeah, right. And they got Bryant back. It's only a matter of time before you know, he, he, you know he's going to Yeah, he'll, yeah he'll go on a little run, I'm sure. And even Rizzo, I mean, they're still 24 games over 500, and Rizzo's had a below, I mean, below average year for, for, for his him. His standards, yeah. yeah. That is interesting. It almost though. makes you wonder if he was hurt too, because he's one of those guys like he just he's gonna go out there and play every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how, that's the only reason you can explain a lot of this stuff is when a guy, you know, his power goes. It's like like Cole Calhoun was like one of the worst players in baseball the first half of the season. So everyone's like, is he hurt? Is he hurt? What's See, wrong with his him? strikes me as could be something mental. Yeah, like you know, you just got something in your head, or you know, you got like a, your mechanics are off. Like Rizzo, nothing Rizzo was doing looked really different to me, which makes me think it was some. And he's not one of those guys that's going to like get down on himself mentally. Like you see him, he's out there, he's having a good time, no matter what, no matter what his numbers look like, he's having a good time, he's loose. To me, like there's something he had something going on, just to affect him a little bit. And I think he he might be getting over that now. I mean, I've seen some of the bombs he's hit the last couple weeks, and they're rather impressive. Yeah. But back to that, uh, the Dodgers thing, man, like that, and I didn't even really think about that until we were starting to talk, kind of talk about it. They're going to play a majority of their games in Colorado, so the Dodgers won't have Jansen at all if that's the case. That's the thing. is So so you just talked about that, the potential for the Dodgers to, I mean, even if some freaky stuff happens, they could play Colorado. And, yeah, like you said, if it's in the playoffs – you're talking about a five-game series, you know, depending on the records, three of those games are going to be in Colorado. But, you know, if those teams somehow played in, like, the, the wild card, like, do you risk it? So you're not going to bring Jansen out at all to Denver 
for a th- you know three games over the weekend in the regular season, but are you going to do it one game for a wild card? I mean, I think at that point they would have to consult with a doctor because yeah. there's no point in flying him out there for one game in a three-game series right now. But that's a different, little bit of a different ball game, I think. If he's with your not, whole yeah, if he's not going to have prolonged issues, then I mean, you got the money. You're the fucking Dodgers, right? All right, we're going to put you on a private jet. We're going to fly you there, you know, an hour and a half before game time. Right. But then at that point, what happens? That's going to mess with his mojo. Mm-hmm. It's not going to go through his whole routine like yeah, that. Yeah, could be sure. he comes a lot out. different. You got to figure all that out. I doubt they mess with it, to be honest. I don't know. I mean, honestly, though, it's not currently it's not even going to be an issue because the Dodgers are out of the wild card. I mean, they're a game back. Behind St. Louis and their game, a like game and a half behind Milwaukee. They're losing seven to three to the Mets right now too. The Mets. Who? Dodgers. Dodgers. How embarrassing! Right. Dude, it's like Rockies we, losing to the Giants. Top we have so. Yeah, Phillies losing to the uh, the Mar- the Marlins. We haven't yeah. been this excited about baseball at this point of the year in a very long time. Phillies lost to the Marlins. It's just weird in the American League because it's almost like all the playoffs were decided, you know, long ago. <laughs> a couple weeks after the All Star break, yeah. But NL is same few teams in the last three or four years. It is, and no one wants to see that, right? I mean, yes and no. I, I mean, mean I, I like Houston, but I mean, does anyone really want them to win again? I don't think they're gonna win again. To be honest with you. I just feel like, especially today, Magic Run got beat by a very young, or me, a very young Yankees team in seven games. Red Sox are way better than that now. That's what I'm saying. Like, I just feel like that that game today, the way everything panned out, I just feel like it's, it's like destiny. For the Red Sox to win this year, it's just yeah. their. What, what do you, we didn't talk about that since the last time the the Yankees got McCutcheon. Yeah, to, yeah. to hold we them do. over till till Judge comes I back. Mean, even yeah. I just saw it. he just the other day I saw he had just picked up a bat for like the first time. Yeah, but they're but that, dude. It, what did they say? What was the timetable when he got hurt? They said like what like four a weeks. Month? Yeah, four like weeks. a month. Four weeks. That was two two and a half months ago. Yeah, like it was like a month, and then like the second and a half week, everyone was like. Yeah. Uh, Didn't he just have a bro- was it broken uh, hand? He like chipped a bone in his wrist. He chipped something. a bone in his wrist. And Same thing just... that happened to Freeman, and he came back uh, last year. He came back though, and like all of a sudden his power was just yeah. zapped. Yeah. So like even if and that's the thing is Freeman and Judge are two very different hitters. Yep. If Judge doesn't have his pop, I mean, granted, at the same time he's got more pop to begin with than Freeman does. He did but better this year. He he hasn't picked he's up. He's not an on base machine. No, no, you're all. correct. But dude, like I just, I can't the believe thing kind of shocked me though. They like they're, I mean, yeah, who know? That's the Ellsbury, only time. Ellsbury's that's like the hurt. only time I get completely random texts from him. <laughs> is like when the Yankees sign somebody, and I, I think like or something awesome happens. Two or, like, what happened two or three here? times in the last couple of days. Oh, I said, uh, what I say in the podcast? Fuck the Yankees. <laughs> it's still written it's up there. It's yep, still I erased <laughs> everything on this board for the most part. Except for that. They're just jealous. My Yankees are going to somehow pull it off. I don't know, man. I, you know, I don't hate the Yankees nearly as much as I did, you know, years ago. I don't either. They're actually growing their players. Now. Exactly. And, and like, I, I appreciate that. I was talking to my wife about that last night, and 
the Yankees don't have the highest payroll. The Red Sox do. The Red yeah. Sox are like a $300 million team. The Red Sox went out and got the free agent in J.D. Martinez and paid a ton of money just to D.H. and the guys that that's 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 a Yankees move yeah. from like, you know, five, ten years ago. That's something the Yankees well, would do is... You know, screw, you know, who cares about our farm system? Well, the Yankees Let's go would out do that and, just for one guy. They do it for five. Oh yeah, they they do it. Yeah, get a starting yeah. pitcher. Well, I get another yeah, starting yeah, exactly. pitcher. We'll go 08 after the 08 season when Steinberg took back over, and he's like, I'm buying a Rod and Teixeira and CC Sabathia, and because Teixeira was with the, I believe the Braves before that. Mm-hmm. Yep, and had a couple decent years, and I was like, there's no way we're going to pay him. Oh, dude. I'll just give him the Yankees. We'll pay and him. it's like, oh, the Yankees are uh, talking to, uh, to share. I'm like, we won back, we bye-bye, won. bye, Marky. Well, we won. See you later, buddy. 09 and 10. We won championships. Okay. It was just 09. I already said I wasn't going to talk about the Yankees. We're talking about it. We're already into it, dude. You guys on the board. No, I mean I I agree with you. That That's, they're, they're not as hateable as Agreed. they were no. in the past. And they're, they're doing things that, like Houston did. You know, Houston rebuilt their whole team and relied completely on their farm system and trade, but they didn't go out at the trade deadline. They got J.A. Happ and they got, you know, uh, the Britain, but they didn't yeah. give up everything to get those guys. No. But that's well, the thing. Past is Yankees would have given up yeah. everything to make a playoff push, getting then, one pitcher and one reliever. But the thing about it, it only worked one time, and that was in 2009. Before that, they won, like, the titles in... 96, 98, 99, 2000. That was the Pettit, Clemens, Derek Jeter, Posada, Rivera. They yeah, grew I mean, them all. They, yeah, they yeah. grew them players. Not Clemens. Well, whatever. Clemens yeah, I mean, I get what saying, but yeah, then they started. Run, but they got all four But that's the guys. thing is, if you give up, like, you know, one to two of your top ten guys in a deal, and then you do it again, yeah, and then you do it again two times the next season, mm-hmm. then you, like, your top guys are gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it takes time to rebuild, and yep. then you don't do that, and you do it again, and then you do it again, and then you're like, "Holy shit!" That's what we're old as dirt. It's time to start growing some players. And that's what happened, yeah. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but do you think Andahar? I've been seeing a lot of stuff about him possibly winning Rookie of the Year. You mean Torres? No, Andahar. The Yankees. He's terrible defensively. Did, did you see? Did you see A-Rod that? Picked him. I'm pretty sure to win MVP. Really. A fraud. Yeah. <laughs> no, I saw. Um, damn, the other day I can't think of it. No, the, did you see? I liked uh, something. I retweeted something that was in a Red Sox game that was like the most routine play to first base. And I don't know who it was. It, it probably like I don't know Bird or whoever the hell they have at first Hicks or somebody, mm-hmm. and just completely dropped like a routine throw. To yeah, it was like, like a, his palm right at the top, and he just like looked away <laughs> in front of the ground. It was the funniest thing I've seen to me. That was funny. Oh, it was ridiculous. It was sad. It was like a, f- a fifth grader could have made that play. I mean, I guess everybody has brain farts. But that that's a big hole for them. That's that, A big hole for them is, is first base. I hear Andrew Har's awful defensively. Yeah. So maybe in the offseason he fills the void at first base by who you know who, whatever crap player they have at Bird, I yep. think, was supposed to be the original the first, first baseman. baseman. Yeah, uh, he's been... And Greg Bird is good when he's healthy. He's just yeah, never healthy. He's been on and off the deal all season. So yeah, so he's just never healthy. So that I mean, a team that good, you can't have big voids, like especially first base. You know, like that's that's a huge power position. It's not. It's not. Not much is required of you defensively to play first base. Correct. You just have to take the low screamers from the big lefties. Yeah. 
played first base my whole life, man. Yeah, you have to have a reach. Yeah, but you're not fielding ridiculous ground balls like shortstops and second oh, no. baseman are. You don't have to have a cannon like a third baseman. But it is funny when you see a first baseman with a fucking noodle. Where it's like, oh, holy <laughs> shit, now I know why you play There's first base. First to home, and it's like, with a lob. <laughs> like Derek Jr.'s flip in the playoffs back in the I just saw uh, the video of Bartolo Colon where the ball, I don't know who the batter was. I think it, oh, shit, who was it? Damn, I don't remember who the batter was. Uh, where he runs down the first baseline on the little dribbler, fields it with his glove, and then flips it behind his back to first base and gets the out. Really? You've seen that, right? Oh my no, God, you've never seen that. Dude, pull it right up now. and show him. Like, just turn the <laughs> turn the volume off, but show him that because I can't believe you've never seen that. I'll randomly Who's he just pitching for the Mets. Mets. Okay. Yeah, I just you have like have you never watched anything about Bartolo Colon? Did yeah, you ever watch the uh, the off season workout videos that he posts? No. Oh my God, dude, you've got to look into Bartolo. No, Colon. he's no. I, I do remember he got hit by a comebacker. Uh, not, and he's like, oh, I've got plenty of fat there. I'm good. <laughs> I've said this for years about him, and I feel like he's going to pitch for like another 80 years. He just looks like the Mets went out to find someone to pitch, and we're like, all right, like right, let's just find someone, random guy out of the crowd. Oh, wow. Yeah, did you, I can't believe you've never seen that. It was, uh, was it Justin Brewer of the Marlins that was the batter? Yeah, someone from the Marlins. Okay, I don't know why it just dawned on me. But yeah, dude, like he just looks like one, someone was like, you, big guy up there, eating a number number seven hot dog tonight? Number seven? Let's come come pitch for us. The dude, like, he works out like He's an beast, athlete, though. But he's just, that's his body. Yeah, literally. And he's yeah. content with it. Literally. I mean, he's, he's still... He's up there 41, smacking home runs, still first career home run he, at age 40 or something yeah. like that. Was that? That was for the Braves, I do believe. Insane. Yeah, it was a couple years ago, I think. I, yeah, I just read a thing uh, last week at some point. I think it was last weekend. It might have been when I was camping. Julio Franco <laughs> is talking about trying to make a comeback. He's f- Look how old he is. Yeah, he's like 51 at least. I think he's older than that. I feel like he started... I think he was playing shortly after Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier. I'm making that whole thing up. Like, it's not for real at all. He's just old. But that I, believe, guy, I believed it. That guy is old. And I still, like, he just had such a distinct batting stance. He's the way he held his, like, left arm almost blocking his face. Like, I can still tell you because he played for the Braves for so long. This, this, this video is two years, years old. And That's it says what? at 57, so is he 59? Something like that. Like, he's close to 60. They debuted it if in not, if not older. 82. I think 82. 23, so we can just do that math real quick. Yeah. So he's, there ain't going to be no he quick was math. Born in, <laughs> <laughs> he's born in 1959. Jeez. So, yeah, that's two years after my mom, so he's, he's 59 years old. I'm rooting for him. That would be awesome to see him come back. He would be, like, the old. I think the, I'm pretty sure the oldest player to ever he play. Played, he, according to this video, he played in Japan Oh yeah. two years ago. I, I'm pretty sure him and, I think it's him and Bartolo Colon have the record for oldest player and oldest pitcher, like, to give up, you know, home run and hit a home run off okay. of. I'm pretty sure it's him and Bartolo Colon, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I know this is off topic, but I can't tell you how proud I am of riding the Nats, like G-N-A-T-S. Yeah. Just to throw that out there, I'm very, very pleased with myself. Yeah, you didn't have to put them up there, but, but you did. No, I did. Just to say that uh, they're eight eight games back of the wild card and seven back of the NL East. 
because I don't like the Nationals. He retired as the oldest position player in baseball in 2007 as age 49. Or 39, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was 11 years ago. 49. 49. Yeah, yeah, 49. Sorry, that threw me off because he was so old. Yeah, dude, he was old. He retired when he was pretty much wasting away to nothing. He's a player, he's manager. He's player manager in Japan. Japan. Looks ripped. Look at him. Oh, dude, he's still ripped. Like, I, Yeah, he's one of those guys that's going to be like 80 years old like on a cover of a fitness magazine. Still got that, <laughs> still got that rad batting style. It's, oh, it's a thing of beauty, man. <laughs> Big news up to the day. The Phillies do lose to the Marlins, so that means they're three games back. They did not gain a game or a game on Atlanta. I'm very, very happy about that. Yeah, that's that's good news. Um, So, to switch gears a little bit, um, fantasy baseball wrapped up. Regular season. Regular season, of course. We uh, said earlier on that we were going to have the winner of our regular season. I think, I mean, I would like to do whoever wins playoffs, too have them on the show as well but uh the uh winner of the regular season the manager of the manic hispanics is here he's here tonight to uh to interview (laughs) it's me bitches i won rick james i won most points too i won by most points you didn't just have the best record you had the best record and most points that's well i thank you for beating brian no for problem. that, no problem. Um, that uh, that definitely helped help me uh, sneak it in. Um, I didn't have any control over that, but hey, no problem. It happens. It, it, it yeah. Last week was me. kind of a low scoring week. I, I saw that I had on Sunday night. I had about three three ten three oh nine, and I was second to you in points. Yeah. And you it had the most off. with like almost three fifty. I think yeah, it started off really slow, and then the weekend, like it was one of those weekends where like I was I was legitimately worried. And then, dude, Saturday just, like, smacked him in the face. It was like, fuck out of here. Like, it was over. And I got super pumped. But, honestly, I mean, like, I, we were out camping. It's like, we, me and Jordan were just sitting there drinking. Yeah. And I really got to thinking, man, this is what I wanted to, uh, I was going to text you about it earlier, and I just didn't get a chance to. But if I win the playoffs and get that 12th or 10th pick in the draft. Right. If I, I'm obviously, I'm going to, unless, obviously, unless something changes midseason, but the, my, my keepers are going to be Scherzer, Soto, Acuna. Now, what I was already kind of debating in my head was I'll get back-to-back picks, which is really what I want. I've drafted eighth in the last two years, okay. and I've been right there each time. Last year, I got right back up there, and then I just kind of fizzled out. This year, I think my team's set up a lot differently. So if I keep Scherzer, Soto, and Acuna, what I was already kind of thinking about was if I draft two frontline starters back-to-back, round one and round two, if I go my next pick as two closers, like two top-line closers, I would imagine they'd still be there in rounds three and rounds four. Yeah. I can just go after hitters the rest of the year. And I can find hitters, you know, through the season, streaky guys, stuff like that, just paying attention to stuff like that. I can find those guys as long as I start, you know, with a good draft to, to kind of build off of. But that's kind of what I was tossing around, and I I don't know if there's really much wrong with that. No, the pitchers are a crapshoot, uh, especially anything outside of, like, the top ten pitchers, Starting starting pitchers overall. So, 
at that point, round four, round five, you're looking at a second-tier pitcher or you're looking at a top-tier closer. So guys that have been amazing this year, you know, Edwin Diaz, I don't think was the highest-ranked closer coming into the season. I think it was, you know, Kimbrell and Jansen and guys that haven't been as good as their as their average draft position. So, you know, like Trinan. I traded you Trinan. I don't know where I drafted Trinan, but it wasn't in the first, you know, eight, nine rounds, and he's been a top three closer this year. So so it's, it's really, if you know, and, uh, you know, how are you going to know, but if you know you're, you're going to hit with a closer, yeah, take a top-tier closer over a second-tier starter. If you, yeah. if you know the guy can strike well, people out and get you saves. I mean, honestly, man, the way that Gabe drafted last year kind of fucked me up and made me kind of rethink everything. Yeah, and, and he, he ended up, what, he had like six six top closers, I think? I think he had seven closers, and I saw his lineup, and you can only start six of them. So he had a closer at one point. You know, guys get hurt, so yeah. I, don't, I don't know. That probably changed, but he had seven closers, so you can only put six of them in your active lineup. So the worst thing so you want to do is have a closer on your bench. He didn't have starting pitchers? No, he drafted he, all no, of I mean, the he closers. Had a, he had a couple starting pitchers, but he just drafted closers. Pretty much every round and from, like, the third round in, on. He got, what, six seed? Yeah. Because yeah, it was me, Brian, Brian. LeMaster. LeMaster, me. You, then then yeah. Him. Yeah. So, like, I mean, it worked. Hmm. And I did was good, and the closers didn't. We talked good, about that so. after the draft, like when we were actually sitting here, like we were. I think we were outside smoking a cigarette, and we were kind of were looking through teams, and we were like, "Holy shit, dude!" Like he drafted a lot yeah. of good closers, and that's the strategy. Is once you, you people don't catch on to that till later. So you're like, you know, because nobody's like, you know, they're like, I need to stack my my hitting and my my starting pitching. And then by the time people realize that, you know, oh, I don't have any closers, like he has five of them already. And by the time you realize that, then you get worried. You start start freaking out. You'll take like. You're like, I need anybody. Yeah, you're like, all right, uh, closer list, closer list. Where's it at? All right, uh, this guy's ranked 200th. Uh, we're in, we're nowhere close to that, but I'm gonna have to draft him because I need one now. And then someone takes like the next hitter that you were gonna take, and it's like, oh but shit, I didn't draft the first baseman yet, or something stupid like that. Like, I, I wouldn't even worry about it going through draft, honestly. Like thinking of it, like not being in the draft this year for once. Like thinking of going into the draft and not worrying about who you actually pick because it's such a long season yeah. that more than likely you're not gonna have it. That's been Real for me, I've never had the same people throughout the whole year. I just know. I mean, I generally keep a more good, or less, yeah, yeah a good like portion of my guys. Seventy-five to eighty percent for sure. I, last year was very different for me. Last year, I had yeah, like we a did. very small fraction of the players that I originally drafted. This year, I mean, I've got guys that I have not. You know, I just have. I haven't had to do anything with. Like yeah. they pretty much. I I got hit like a couple times with the DL bug, but I felt like it was always the pitchers. So, like, at one point I did for a couple weeks, I had, you know, a couple guys that were taking up bench spots because I had three or four guys on the DL. But Albies I drafted, Carpenter I drafted, Bregman, Merrifield, yeah. Acuna Jr., Ozuna, all those guys I had. So, it's like Clevenger I drafted, Cody Allen I drafted, who's no longer even getting save opportunities. Yeah. He's getting holds. Yeah, he's no so good So, that's... That's worked out great. I, uh, I'm glad a, I trashed him now because 
he just it's finally apparent that he's not as good as as he uh, as he used to be. It is, but that strategy with the closers has paid off because people are desperate for for saves at yeah. this point in the year. And if someone yeah. is hoarding all the best closers, I feel like it's another strategy to have. Like I don't I don't know if we should even be talking about this shit because it's gonna screw us. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, just think but, about the draft we just had was was nuts. It was one minute in between you, picks, and yeah, yeah. you still won the lead. I mean, that's if that's you. I something. think if you draft a closer, like even if you get, let's say you get two, I don't, I don't even know if it's really, unless honestly, if I went like closer, closer, back to back picks, I don't know that you can get two frontline closers, like you know, or not frontline, like two top tier right. closers on good unless teams. you do that. So, what if I did that and then took another closer that I know is going to be a good guy? And then midway down the season, it's like, all right, who wants a closer? Because I'm not shopping, but like, wait till someone's like, I need a closer. Be like, I got one for sale. Yeah. What do you want? And get, you know, whatever you need. Like, Phil, like, you could do that just in theory, in the back of your mind. Like, I'm going to flip one of these guys. You know that going in. Whoever, I don't have any, like, I don't have that. He's not my guy. He's not my second guy. Like, I'm willing to part ways with this guy. You go from there, and you get whatever position player you need, and if you if it's not like a, a top, top need, you get a good guy and a, a good pitcher in return or something like that. But you've but, got that bargaining chip in the back of your head already exactly. from the draft day. But isn't that great, you know, going into a dynasty where you can actually do that? Where it's not like, well, see, we still have, we still let me find, you know, my, my guy's hurt. You know, I have a hitter that goes down, somebody – you know, Chris Bryant or whatever, for example, and you're like, I just need somebody that can be hot for a month or three weeks or whatever, and then I'll, you know, throw them away like garbage after that. It's not like, you know, I want to be able to keep someone like that. You you, you look at you try to find it might be like a steal, like a, a Max Muncie has been most of the year, yeah. and it's like, you know, I had to get rid of him because he wasn't one of my core players and – you know, they got Dozier in the trade, so he wasn't playing every day. Yeah. But, like, I didn't get anything for him. I couldn't trade him. I couldn't do anything. And I know, you know, he had trade value because the guy's been so good. But it's like he wasn't starting every day. So, you know, that that doesn't mean that, you know, and I think LeMaster or somebody picked him up, you know, already. So, yeah, so he could obviously yeah. deal with that. And he's still been hot. He's still I've hitting had, home runs. I've had a couple, at least a couple guys this year that, I should have pulled the trigger on. I kind of hesitated on picking him up. And then it was, like, you know, a day too late. And then they just go on a monster tear. Although, the question I was going to ask you, did you see what Ozuna did, like, the other day? Two home runs? No, Marcel? It's his first multi-homer game of the year. Wow. He just came back up off the DL. Almost and, September? Yeah, and I was fully prepared to uh, to drop him. In fantasy, when Eloy Jimenez got called up, but that's clearly not happening. Yeah, they he filed some kind of yeah, injunction yeah, against the an team. Yeah, injunction against the team. It's the same thing. Chris Bryant and one other player had done it. They had filed the injunction or whatever, the grievance or whatever it was. Yeah. And Chris Bryant's was like two years ago, and it still isn't all the way settled. Like, it still hasn't gotten taken care of yet. But, um, yeah, so that, that decision didn't even have to get made. That so stinks, far. though. If you're but, a White Sox fan, you I mean, dude, you have nothing. Everybody's to look like flipping to. shit over Kopich. It's like, dude, I get it that he's going to be a really good pitcher. Your team is trash right now. I mean, yeah. right now, like they're actually playing pretty well these last couple weeks or whatever. But you've got a guy. Look at all the hype that that Kopech is getting. Is it Kopech or however we pronounce his name? Yeah. Um, all the hype he's getting for pitching every fifth day. 
You've got a guy that's mashing the ball. Like, who gives a shit if he can even throw a baseball five feet? Right. He's mashing the ball. Put him in there every day. Yeah. What if you would have brought him up a month ago and he's hitting a fucking dinger every two or three games? You know what I'm saying? Like, if he starts hitting some 450, 470, you know what I'm saying, foot bombs, people are going to start coming up to that stadium to exactly. watch him play. Exactly. You're going to make revenue. You're that's why I'm surprised you know the Mets saying? haven't like, called build, up build Tim into, Build into next year. That's why I'm surprised the Mets have. The Mets are playing for nothing. The Mets are terrible. The Mets have... <laughs> Barely anything to build on for next year outside of Degrom and Syndergaard, and they'll trade one of those two, I'm sure. But they, they, you know, bring up Tim Tebow to sell a couple tickets. Yeah. I mean, what, what are you going to lose some games? You know, but but do something to bring fans into the stadium. The Mets and, and they have they have it sitting right there. The guy's been in their organization. Yeah. He's sitting there, and they don't want to play him. And People, they don't for you know to gain an extra what, his name few months of his name of attracts control? his name attracts attention. Literally, like he's gonna. Can, someone's more, gonna buy a ticket like to go see Tebow play. I'm not saying more that. Media. Yeah, I'm not saying he's gonna sell out Everything. the stadium by any means. Right, but they'll talk about it on Sports yeah. Center. It'll be on it'll TV. Give you some sort of. But I guess like, at the same time, if you're the Mets leaders, like in their organization, do you really want extra attention to your scores and stuff like yeah. that? I mean, that's <laughs> they clearly don't know what their management is terrible. It really is. But back to the Zuna and Cardinals, dude. Like. Now's the time for him to get hot to help that team. Imagine if, if Carpenter keeps hitting the way that he was hitting, and now you've got Ozuna there to to actually protect him, and then ho- how much better is Jose Martinez because of that? And I think uh, Carlos Martinez, Seamark, is coming back soon. I think they're going to start him in a bullpen-type role. Yeah, I read that they're going to use him out of the bullpen. Yeah, but he I, he must be healthy I then. Think, I think he's back. Isn't he? Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's already back. Yeah, and they said that they were going to use him out of the bullpen, which... It's kind of funky to me, but I mean, yeah, just get him innings. Yeah, I know you hate talking about the Yankees, but they're playing right now. The A's, the who? A's right I know now. The A's, good the series. Who I was just going through the lineup, man. We don't even have. I feel like I've dropped too many f bombs. You still don't have Gorius. <laughs> Gorius is hurt still. We don't have Bird. We don't have Judge. You know, Sanchez just came back, and he hasn't been good this year. No, he's been. Something. I don't know. You know, the, the Yankees, what they did really worked out. Everybody before he went on the DL was, was pretty much bashing him and his work ethic for dogging it. Nobody's talking about him anymore because he was on the DL for so long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was he really injured? We we'll, call we'll never know. We That's call, what we talked we, about. We, Same we thing. discussed that being weird. Yeah. We'll never know. I yeah. don't know, man. I guess this uh, until this podcast blows up and we start getting some insider info, right? We'll just we'll never be able to answer these questions, man. Are you still starting that uh, Ward? What's it, Tyler Ward? Yeah, the catcher. Mm-hmm. He usually plays third base, right? But he's uh, catcher first eligible. or third, one or the other. Yeah, yeah. Right, did I pick him up? Like he was just like Cervelli's having a great year for a catcher, man. But I heard about him like a day or two after you did. Yeah, I think I, just, I, I looked him up and was like, all right, Cody already has him. I don't know if it was just, like, self-preservation, and I started making moves with, like, the catcher position because, honestly, I think we discussed this at the beginning of the year, too. Is it is it worthwhile to just not even carry a catcher? It's not. And have another starting pitcher? From what I've read in the long term, it's not. Because yeah, pitchers are volatile. I mean, yeah, if you, if you can get, like, you know, if your extra starter is Kluber or Sale or somebody, then yeah. But if you have some middling starter, it's better to have a catcher. 
Those guys usually get you. Five, but that's what I'm five saying. Five to fifteen. A what week. if you? What if you plan your season accordingly to not having a catcher? I don't. Yeah, I mean, I drafted. I think you drafted a catcher late too. I drafted Zunino in like I didn't the last draft round a catcher or the second to last round. Like this, this year, I didn't draft a catcher. Really? And you I got screwed Cervelli. up. I screwed up and ended up drafting. Um, the auto draft happened for me. Okay. And it drafted Odubel Herrera, and I ended up having to drop him to pick up. Uh, Who did I pick up? Good I drafted Cervelli for most of the well, year. Well, I drafted two too many position players, being an idiot because we were just rushing. Yeah, it was. And fast. I just started like picking the like not the best available player, but a player that I thought was going to have a good year, and I stopped focusing on the position eligibility like an idiot. But I mean, it didn't affect that obviously. It was at the end of the draft, but I got right. ended up with Herrera. And someone else I forget because I ended up picking up a catcher, and then I ended up picking up uh, Josh Bell for a minute, and then I ended up dropping him. But yeah, I I just kind of I made a couple little moves where I got picked up White. I dropped Cervelli. Like he's had a good year, but he's always every time something happens like where he takes a ball off the face mat. And like I get it, I'm not knocking him because of that. Right. They need to be safe and make sure that he's fine. But every time he would take a ball off the face mask, he'd be out for four days five days, six days, whatever, and I didn't have DL spots to keep keep doing it. So I picked up Ward. I picked up White of the Astros. I couldn't yeah. believe that he was still available. Um, Alex Bregman, I don't mean to like just jump topics real quick. Like This dude is just fucking murdering the ball. I said this about him, what, not last year, the year before, when I drafted him, he is a second-half guy. I don't give a shit what he does in the first half. If he's hitting 150 next year at the All-Star break, he will still finish in the MVP voting. I do not care what his first half numbers look like. See, the, the, dude, second the dude, half, dude, the second half, the dude is going to mash the ball. But he wasn't playing matter. that poorly in the first no, half. No, that's the thing, too, is he it wasn't at all. I think he made the All-Star team in the yeah, first he half. He had a, he's had a monster year all year round. He's fourth ranked in our league. And points. He's Jeez. put up 488 points so far. Already. Ridiculous. Doubled three times yesterday. He leads the majors with 46 doubles. Wow. And that's the craziest shit is, the, you know what the Astros' record is for doubles? 56 by Biggio in 1999. That's a lot. So he still needs 10 in the, you know, the last 20-some games to do that. Dude's just, he's unbelievable, man. And like they've needed him. They've needed oh, him because yeah. Springer's been out, Correa's been out, uh, Altuve's been out. Some. How he's, scary is that he Astros just came back, lineup? He just came back, and they've like they're like ten and three or something. How scary is that Astros lineup? It really be is. In two weeks, when all these guys are one hundred percent healthy, but the thing too is, what benefit does having you know your big studs back? You can you're not you know filling in the hole there. You've got your stars back. Now you can start resting your other guys. Like yeah. you can give Bregman a day off. Yeah, and Springer and Correa are excellent defensively, both of them. You get your center fielder and your shortstop back, which is huge defensively. True that. Yeah, I think the Astros are going to be a really dangerous team down the stretch, especially with getting all those guys healthy and everything. But I just, like I said earlier, I think the Red Sox are just—they're destined to win it. They're—they're they're too dangerous on both sides of the of the ball. Houston does have Garrett Cole. They didn't have him last year. But, I mean, that's the thing, man, is, like, in that trade, like, I know that he's still pitching really well, but he just, 
he's had a lot of those five inning games. And there's so much. And I'm not saying that the Astros bullpen is like trash or anything like that by any means, but there's just there's a lot of baseball left. Yeah. Like not even just I'm gonna keep hitting on the Braves thing because it's a McCullers you know, rubbed off on him, only going five innings to start with like eleven strikeouts. Yeah, like that's the thing is like I get it. You're getting me a lot of points in fantasy, and you're very effective. It just you know in in baseball, looking at it, you're very effective for the time that you're in the game. But it's like there's at least four innings left. Yeah. That's a lot of baseball to be played, and if if you get a bullpen guy that's overworked or having a bad day. You're done. And the same thing, like, you guys have rested. Like, what I'm saying about the Astros, they can rest people now. Like, you guys have, like, I don't care. There's nothing wrong with uh, Sale. They're resting him for the stretch. Yeah. Because he always, every year, September's been kind of shaky for him. I don't like the fact that they can't just say that, that they have to work him in and out of the DL. You know, the Dodgers manipulated the DL more than any team. The seven-day DL was a, the the first year was last year, right, for the seven-day DL. And the Dodgers had, like, a six-man rotation, and that, that sixth guy was always on the seven-day DL. So, like, you know, it was Kershaw, it was Maeda, it was Hill. It was, like, all these dudes, it was, like, if they had an off, off game or an off start, they put them on the seven-day DL, let them rest, and then they just roll with the other five. Is there anything baseball can do about, like, is there anything they no. can do to prevent that from happening? No, I mean, but what, what I'm saying what's is, wrong with it? what if they came out and said that? Like, he's not hurt, we're just resting the guy. Right, they'll get fined. It's like, well, you know, like in the NBA when, when uh, Popovich used to not play everybody on any given night just because they were resting, leading it, you know, and they have to pay fines because people pay $100 a ticket at least yeah. to go to these games and, you right. know... Yep. They want to see, you know, Tony Parker and Ginobili and, and guys like that. And when they all sit the bench, you know, because he's resting everybody. Yeah, I but mean, Pop, I get that. Pop didn't but, care. But you want to win a championship. That's yeah. that's what the you know the end end game is. So yeah, I don't if you care don't if the Red Sox sit won't. half their yeah. team every game. They're right now. They're playing for September. They're they're October. they're playing for October. They're playing for the best seed they can get. Yep. You know, so they have home home field advantage throughout, just, but. I just don't know if there's anything like Major League Baseball can actually. I mean, I'm sure they can find them or whatever, like you said. But I mean, that's the thing that with the Yankees. Shit compared to you know, yeah, winning that, no, it's not. that championship. It doesn't matter. And know? I think you would see it be even worse from the Red Sox if the Yankees weren't still, you know, the second best team in baseball. If the Red Sox were up, you know, 15, 16, 17 games on whoever's in second place, then you know, they might be resting more people. Yeah, exactly. This is like the dangerous time of the season for fantasy baseball because you'll start seeing that where it's like, all right, well, hey, uh, Cole's not getting a start because we don't give a shit that he's missing this series right now. It doesn't matter to us. I mean, every game matters to them right now. And guys are more expendable if you're not going to keep them, you know, but then you could drop a guy like that and then he's available next week for someone else to pick him up. But if, you know, if I did that one year with McCullers, like, I, I needed, you know, more starts or something like that, and he went on the DL and wasn't going to pitch for two weeks. Well, if you don't pitch for two weeks, you can't you can't have a lineup spot, you know, in the playoffs. If I'm not going to keep you for next year, you, I have to drop you. Yeah, and that's, like, I mean, it didn't affect me, luckily, because I won the last week, but that Garrett Cole getting pushed back. I mean, yes, it was also my fault for missing that start uh, for uh, Bieber, but if Cole starts... 
and gives me even 15 points. If he goes five innings, 10 Ks, and, you know, gets me not a loss or something like that, like yeah. no earned runs or one earned run, whatever, I still win the season. Yeah. Or the that week. And then last week would have been pretty much a stress-free week for me because I already would have won. Me and Brian would have been – I'd have been a game up on him. Or, I'm sorry, I would have been tied with him, and then he would have lost last week anyway. I mean, it just – it would have changed my season, not, like, drastically, but it would have. And I remember last year, that's part of the reason that I ended up kind of having problems on the stretch was they start resting guys, start pushing guys back starts, and it's like, all right, cool. I would have had another start from you this week. You would have got me at least 15. I lose by 10. And now here we are. Think and about how different it would be the, if we did weekly lineups. It, it would be – See, I can't. I don't know why you would do that in baseball. There's too much of the, the lefty versus righty matchups and the platoon rules, and especially the starting pitchers. Like, what happens if if a guy goes on the DL? What happens if one of your starting pitchers goes on the DL? That's got a two start week. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like that affects you right there, and your you lineup's can't do already set. About it. What happens if a position player? Like, what happens if Alex Bregman would go on the DL? That's a big spot to fill on like Monday. Yeah, on Monday. Yeah. Like, what happens? <laughs> And especially the way that some of these teams, like especially the out west teams, by the time that one of those guys goes on the DL, that all your other spots are already filled, and there's no other players to pick. I think you'd see the point totals would be much lower, Agreed. much lower, oh, very much so, because you, that completely removes the streaming a starting pitcher from yeah. the equation. Yep. You make your decision at the beginning of the week, and that's the thing too is, I think it requires a ton more foresight, not only in drafting but also in week-to-week play because if it's week-to-week, you've got to start looking on Sunday, and you're not going to be able to – like you're going to literally have to go through each starting – pitch. like you're going to have to look at the available starting pitchers and then go through there and look at what their starts are because that's not going to show you in Yahoo. Right. Because they're not on your team, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you might be able to in other apps. We use Yahoo, but in our app that wouldn't work. And then drafting is you're going to have to look deeper into guys like, yeah, he's a, he's got good power numbers – I'm not gonna. He's gonna be like you know that late round guy that I pick. But what if he's one of those guys that's a lefty that, or I'm sorry, a righty that can't hit righties but only match right, lefties. Right, pl- platooned with somebody. Yeah, then like, he's he's it's like he's darn even, near worthless. Do I even draft him because yeah. he might he might give me thirty points one week, but the next three weeks he's gonna get me ten because he's gonna not start so much. You know, it's like it adds a completely different kind of attitude and way of thinking to the game. Yeah. And I don't even think, like, as much as, as I follow and as much as we talk fantasy, like, you're talking, like, way more time and dedication into that. Yeah. But at the same time, once you After do you it. After you set it, you don't have to do yeah, anything. Yeah, you're done for the rest yeah. of the week. But I would rather I would rather do it every day because that gives me the flexibility to kind of Yeah, the, make ten, some the ten minutes a day to me is way better than doing, you know, an hour's worth of research on a Sunday night trying to figure out what I'm going to do. Because it's like, you know, those middling starters that get two starts – are way more valuable, but what if those two starts are against the Red Sox and the Yankees? Yeah. Then it's like, you know, can I really start? He's It's a two-star week, but can I really start this guy against, you know, that those two lineups? It's, uh, it's a definitely, it, it, it really alters the way that you kind of have to look at things, for sure. I completely agree with you there. I'm um, really hoping to see you, see you next week, man. I'm not going to talk about your score because I know you don't check your score. Yeah. Um, Till what Saturday? Yeah, Sunday? Uh, Saturday night. So technically Sunday. Crazy. Yeah. But see, like what you said, like ten minutes a day. Like I get that, but like there's at least, at least once a week where I just sit down and really kind of go through, like just kind of look at the the free agents, kind of look at some of my guys, check kind of where their their rank is, see if they've been hot or not. A lot of those like fringe guys, 
But I, I feel like I haven't had to do that that much for pitching that's this year. I, that's how lame I am. So I'll do that usually Saturday night going into Sunday is I'll go through and then it finally gives you the total of your players for that week. And I'll go through and I'll, you know, I'll be well, like, well, that makes you know, sense. This is, the, this is my MVP for the hitting side and this is my MVP on the pitching side, you know, because if either of the guys have like 30 or something like that, and I'll be like, you know, this guy had a great week and this guy, I don't, I don't really keep track of it, you know. Well, I do, so, I do daily, but I don't keep track of the weekly score until that Sunday. Yeah, I mean, because well, Sunday, if it's close, I obsessively look over my phone and look over the scores. I don't want to have to deal with that, you all know, week. all week. I don't want to deal with that on I Thursday mean, if I'm up forty or down forty, because all I'm going to do is stress, and all I'm going to do is you know keep checking the scores to see. See, I check mine periodically through the week. To me, slow days in baseball are worse because I'm like six points. And I'll keep checking it. Like, come on, seriously? Mondays like six and points. Thursdays. Like, six points? Like, come on. And then yeah. you look at the other guy, and it's like, oh, zero. It's six to zero. Okay. But you know, on a slow day like that, like I had that, I think, last Monday or something, where I put up, I you know, I had as many Well, you had like four starters? Four starters pitching and only four starters hitting. Yeah. So, I mean, there was only like eight games that day, and I put up over 50 points, which wasn't great. No, or anything but on, like a Monday, that. on a Monday, that's, that's great for a Monday. It, it is. It's great for a Monday. Yeah, if you can get fifty points on a Monday, that's like yeah. basically getting, and that's a big that's win a head to start, start off the week. Yeah, that's, that's a head start to your week. Right. So if you end up with like seven on a Monday, you're you're climbing the ladder. Because I don't know about you, but my goal is usually over three hundred every week. And if I, I can break like, three twenty, I feel like if you could break like three twenty. There's a very there's like maybe a ten percent chance you're going to lose that week. So if you put up anything over three twenty, which is what uh, like. 45 points a day is what I try to shoot for, like an average. And no one's going to beat you unless someone, you know, unless you're playing, you know, somebody who has a freak week and puts up 350 or 360. But that's not likely. I feel like we've had at least a a handful of guys go over 400 at least a couple times. And that's like excluding the, you know, the week and a half all star games or whatever, like all star week things where, you know, you're running for a week and a half because of limited games. But I just feel like our point scoring has been a lot more this year because, and I keep I forgetting did it at least once or twice well, where he was put up over four hundred. And on a seven day week, that's but I keep forgetting. I'm like, why did that not happen at all last year? And then now it's happening this year. And it's like, duh, we went down from ten or. From but doesn't that piss 10. you off if you put up four hundred and you win by like a hundred and thirty, and you have four guys pitch on Sunday? You're like, I wish all these games would get suspended so all these guys go twice next week. Yeah. Or on the other side, if you're down 130 on a Sunday and you have four guys pitching, you're like, who cares? I'm not going to win anyways. So yeah. I'd rather have those guys for next week. But you also had that Sunday where you get all four of those guys put up 20, you know, three of them get you 20 and one of them gets you 25 or 26, and you're like, oh, holy shit, like, I can win this. You can break 100 on it, yeah, yeah. on a Sunday. And that that happens, and it's like, holy shit, like, that's a kick in the dick when that happens to you. When you're up all, especially when you're up, like, that. those Sundays happen to you when you've been up all week long. Yeah. You're, you're not worried at all. It's like, oh, dude, I'm up by, like, 150 right now. I don't give a shit what happens on Sunday. And then Friday, you put up an egg. Saturday, mm-hmm. like, Almost even, and then Sunday, it's just like, oh, that's, that's you're how my fantasy cool. days yeah, I'm about to lose, and you're I was so confident all week. Yep. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm. I think that I don't know. I'm feeling pretty confident and winning everything, but I don't know. I, I'm interested to see what happens with Brian and Brian next week too. 
But I did look, and I think Scherzer has like a two-start week this week. I'm like, oh, of course that happens. But I'm I'm happy with picking up Felix. I made a couple. This week is the most important week. If you don't win this week, you, you know, that, don't, yeah, that's, I play for this week. I don't care what happens next week. I'll yeah. worry about that if I make it that far. And that's how I was in the playoffs, too. But then at that point, like, you kind of also, the thing I couldn't get out of my head was like, all right, can I drop this guy because I know he's going to have a two-star week next week? Yeah. And it's like, can I drop him? But at the same time, it's like, well, if I don't win this week, next week doesn't even matter. Yeah, especially if his matchups are good next week. That's tough. Yeah. I know. I think I've got – I'm going to say Cole goes two starts next week. Like, I'm not going to flip through and look through. But you should be able to win. You should be able to win. You don't need – if your offense is good enough, you don't need, like, four guys to go twice that week. You don't need, like, no. three or four two-star starters. The thing that I just keep tossing around in my head that I can't make a decision on because I haven't, like, taken the time to really go in – and really, like, in-depth look into it, is the the starts a week, like, capping that. Like, there's got to be a way to do that, a certain number, like a magic number of starts that will will just prevent you from streaming a pitcher every day. Now, I'm not saying you're not going to stream a pitcher every week or whatever, but you're also going to risk, like, what happens if you stream, you know, three pitchers at the beginning of the week, something gets switched around where a guy's going to start or whatever, or you get a good guy that you can pick up, like a really good favorable matchup, then it's all of a sudden, who am I going to start today? Yeah. Like, for example, I mean, I guess a good example would be, like, if interleague play and Scherzer's pitching against Boston, do I throw Scherzer or do I take whoever's pitching against the Royals or Orioles that day? And I don't like to be in that. Like that's why I don't like keeping an extra position player on the bench, because then you have to you have to play that game. And I remember a couple years ago when we actually it made sense to keep a guy on your bench, and it was like shit. I kept the wrong guy on the on the like you know on the bench. He put up fourteen points and home like homer twice. You know what I'm saying? And it's like fuck, man. I made the wrong move. And I feel like that when you worked at Max and Irma's. When we were doing fantasy that first year, I think, I feel like we had that talk all like every other week. I was like, "Dude, just made the wrong decision." Yeah, pissed it down my leg, and I did it like four times in like three different weeks. I don't like to. I don't like to have to make that decision. Yeah, but like I said, there's got to be some magic number where of starts where it's not gonna make things overly difficult but it will limit the people streaming five extra starters a week. Because I, I understand the concept of doing that, but if you've got a solid starting pitching staff, you're inevitably going to lose a couple weeks because you're not willing to, to drop a guy to pick someone else up, and the other guy just gets all those moves that click and work, and he gets an extra you know 50... 50 points, right? at least 50 points a week just off streaming those five pitchers yeah. and you can't do it. And you lose by 30 or something like yeah. that. Or even those weeks where you've got guys on the DL and you got to make some moves. So you've moved some of your roster or, you know, use some of your roster transaction, transaction moves, whatever, and the other guy doesn't have any injuries and he can stream, you know, two extra pitchers and you lose by 30. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I get it, but how you feeling this week? You confident? Yeah, I feel all right. I've had my pitching's been okay so far, so 
Yeah, that's I mean that's really what it comes so, down to. Uh, I, I forgot to text you the other day. Syndergaard had his uh, first ever, I think, first career complete, complete game. game. He did. Which is uh, bodes well for you. Yeah. Are you who are your keepers? I think we've talked about this like thirty five times, and I do not remember who your keepers are. All right, right now it is it's Kluber for sure, and probably Ben Attendee. So that third spot is either going to be Chris Bryant or Syndergaard. Nope. So I haven't really decided on that. Oh, you might keep two guys that I traded you. I knew you were going to keep either. I mean, it had to have been either Syndergaard or Ben. Ben, I'd, I'd have kept Cole probably if I wouldn't have traded him. It would have been Cole Kluber and then probably Chris Bryant because that's who I was planning on keeping, I guess, before the trade. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to keep Ben Attendee because he's young. He's been – it seems like, like – I already said this to you. It seems like dude doesn't ever get more than ten points, but it seems like every day he's four or five points. And that's super productive. Anything over yeah. 20 points a week, and if you can average 20 points a week, you know, all the time, I'm fine with that. I don't want guys that average, you know, they get 40 points in one week and like five in the next week. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's easier to plan when, when they're consistent. I would also rather have a guy that's putting up four to five every day than a guy that's giving me 15 in one day. And then losing me the rest of the three. week. Is, yeah, yeah, it's like all right, cool. He's he had a hot Monday. He homered twice. He gave me you know sixteen points. And then it's like his negative next five three. games or yeah, negative two or negative, negative three. three, one, negative five. And it's like shit, man. Like well, there goes that. So. Because you never know. You never know if the slump, if it, how extended it's going to be, because they're just too streaky. You never yeah. know if a guy's just going to stay cold and get you. You know negative points for multiple weeks and then you're like you know this guy can hit but he strikes out too much and i gotta i gotta drop him i gotta get somebody i think that next year like we need to discuss the the doing the dynasty and see if everybody's on board with that and then the scoring's got to change i think we just go to like mlb's like standard uh fantasy scoring I'm because, with you. I don't care if we get like dude, imagine, point three three points. I don't care if like a double is worth like Yeah, I'm not manually keeping point. track of this shit at yeah. home. Like yeah. let's just let the it, phone do what it's exactly. doing and go from there. Because like I think Maryfield he has what, thirty steals this year? Imagine if, if steals were worth more than one. If they're worth like two point something, three point something, that 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 affects the week for sure. I mean, depending on the situation, a steal is usually more valuable or can be than a walk, right? Yeah. Agreed. So it's I don't know how yeah, whatever I think Yahoo does it or anything like that. There but are there are people that get paid money to figure this shit out and literally do nothing but figure this stuff out. So why not use yeah. their brain yeah. and let them do it? I mean I understand why we did it. Like we Derek had talked to me about it. It made sense, but the way that we tweaked it I don't think that we've got the balance to do it. And that's the thing, too, is, like, it's going to be – if we are going to do that, we need to make that decision now. That way people – I mean, I granted no one's preparing for a draft right now. Like, we got a lot of football fans in our draft – like, in our league. I think you're a football fan, too. Yeah. Um, so, like, people are going to be focused on that. But we need to do it at enough time ahead that you can plan your draft. Like, you can actually look at how the scores are going to, like, change – and go from there. And I mean, you don't have to do it for every guy across the board, but if you just take, like, you know, one of your top hitters, one of your lowest scoring hitters, and, like, one of your, like not even one of your middle guys, just do those two. Do your top guy and your bottom guy. 
see what their scores look like with the new scoring, and then do the same thing for one of your starting pitchers. Do it for one of the guys that you were streaming at the end of the season, and then do it for one of your closers. Yeah. And just to, just kind of gauge it from there. If you just do that, and that won't take you that long to figure that out. I mean, even for someone who's not super in-depth in, like, analytics of baseball. Right. You can just do that simple math very quickly in 10 minutes and see how that's going to affect the season and stuff like that. Or, I mean, you know, it's just it's not that hard to do. No. And like we and said. there's plenty of resources out there, like you said, that can do it for you. It's not, you yeah, know, we're it's not, not keeping, advanced math. Or I'm not like sitting that. down here every night and tallying up everybody's right. scores and shit. This isn't, you know, 20 years ago. Right. But, well, gentlemen, I'm out of bourbon, so that means uh, it's time to wrap up. Yeah, so, so hopefully we uh, we have some good news next week on the fantasy front in the playoffs. I, uh, I hope we that... We can report back with that. I hope that we're talking about uh, playing each other, and I'm... Sorry. Best of luck to both of you. I'm oh, hoping. Yeah. Thanks. I'm hoping that uh that I can pull out that victory and, and clinch both the regular. Has anyone clinched regular season and playoffs in our league yet? No. I don't think it's happened. No. That's like the triple crown of fantasy. Yeah, I got second last week or last year and tied with the best record, but I was second in points and then won the championship. But yeah, I, that's gonna, that's a huge payout. I'm gonna take my winnings and buy a championship belt. Do it. And wear it. And then get divorced because I spent $450 yeah. on a championship belt and get my ass kicked. That's what domestic violence is. Make sure you have the trophy guy put violence. a baseball guy on there. Oh, now you're talking extra money. Like, I'm going to be up in the hole from there. <laughs> All right, we will, uh, we'll be back next week. What's your... Y'all, sorry, Irv's not on Twitter, so I can't give I you his Twitter got, handle. Just got Twitter. So, uh, once he gets with the program... We'll uh, get you his Twitter handle. Mine is Jack in the Box eighty five. Mine's Matt Bechtel, B E C H T O L T. We're gonna have him uh, start a new Twitter without his last name on there. Yeah. That way he doesn't have to spell <laughs> it out literally every single time. Uh, easiest way to find Matt is to just follow me and then look up Matt through mine, so you don't have to try to spell his last name. But we will see you guys next week. Peace. Peace. See ya.